Hello and welcome. This is the Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast for Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. In the studio today for the podcast, Blaine Disrude, trader and research analyst, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Danny. And Trevor Nargis, investment management specialist. Thank you. Going into this week, you know, we just arrived in Q3, right? Now we're in the second half of 2022. So what we kind of wanted to focus on this week was a SWOT analysis, kind of as it pertains to the second half of this year for both the markets and the economy. We'll kind of jump right into it here. We'll start with strengths. You know, one thing that we're looking at for the second half of the year The strengths are going to lie with companies that are a little more defensive and quality oriented in nature. Those are going to look a little more attractive on a relative basis. I think one of the main catalysts there is going to be the fact that these companies have more immediate cash flows as opposed to their growth counterparts. Another characteristic of those companies is going to be the fact that they have strong balance sheets. You know, they're cash rich, low in debt. I think as we start to see a slowing economy here in the second half of this year, that those companies are going to hold up well on a relative basis. I'd agree. And to your point, Trevor, those companies have been rewarded in the equity markets so far this year. They've held up better than your growth type companies. To your point, going forward, we'll see how those companies do going through earnings season, which we kind of hit on last week. One of the strengths that I had coming into this was the labor market as a whole. More from a macroeconomic standpoint, the unemployment rate is still historically low. The rate right now is about 3.6%. We have seen participation rate for the labor market itself trending upward over the last year or two, sitting around 62%. And then job openings are still relatively strong. The big discussion going into this year and into next year is the recession and the discussion of a recession or potential recession. A strength that could help alleviate that or even avoid a recession would be the the current environment for the labor market. The caveat to that and going into weaknesses was, for me, consumer sentiment. The University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index hit a record low for June. Sitting at 50 is the lowest reading that we've had on record. To put that in perspective, consumers are still spending. They just really are not feeling good about what they're spending on and what the expectations are for the next year or so and how that plays out will be pretty important. Ultimately, if consumers are a little hesitant to go out and spend, their outlook is a little more gloomy, a little more bleak, that's going to show itself when they're not traveling as much, they're not spending as much, there's less discretionary spending. And that's ultimately going to trickle into some of these companies' bottom lines, right? If revenues are scaling back a little bit, you have increasing costs and pressures on margins. It could be a headwind that, that we see going forward here. And I think you've seen that play out in the equity markets themselves with travel and leisure. The airline industry has not traded well so far this year, nor have the cruise lines. Consumers are spending more on an absolute basis, but that discretionary spending is getting consumed by grocery stores and at the pump. Personal savings as a percentage of the disposable income has declined over the last year as well. What is it, the revenge travel era that yeah. they're talking about? Yeah, exactly. But you got to get on the plane and get going first. You know, I've been looking at flight prices here and there just because, again, a lot of us have been cooped up for a while, haven't been able to hop on a plane and go somewhere. The prices of flights are quite astronomical relative to what some people have been used to for a while. So I think that's just, you know, one piece of evidence that kind of shows, hey, you know, people are kind of getting pressured here. When you have rising costs at the grocery store, things of that nature, people are going to have to pick different areas to start to scale back. 
in general, you were talking about consumer sentiment. It's down. Isn't this what was supposed to happen? Yep. And that's where, I mean, the Fed is in a really tough spot from making the correct policy decision to potentially making a policy error. If they raise rates or tighten too much with the balance sheet, you cause that recession. And ultimately, we'll see how that works out this year and into next year. But at the very moment, playing out the way the Fed wants it to. It's just a matter of do they bring rates up too fast, too dramatically, or do they kind of thread the needle and get the consumer to pull back and reduce demand at the right magnitude? So definitely a weakness. 100%. One final thing on weaknesses itself here is that, again, we talked about this last week. We've talked about it actually a few weeks beforehand, is that we still have earnings estimates that are quite high. We're going to need to see some meaningful downward revisions there. You know, we still have price to earnings multiples that are still... I would say elevated. So for the S&P 500, for example, the forward PE multiple on the S&P 500 is just starting to come back down to its 20-year average. That's about 15.6 times. Right now, we're sitting just north of 16 times earnings. So I don't want to say that valuations are a weakness in and of themselves. I think the underlying earnings that feed into valuations are are what we're going to need to see. Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast. We've covered strengths and weaknesses now to opportunities. Yeah, so one area that's kind of popped up on the radar here, given some of the earnings figures that we've started to see come in, would be semiconductors. Guidance for these companies have not has not been too rosy so far throughout this year. We've started to see some companies in this space near their 52-week lows or hit 52-week lows. Blaine, do you think some of these names are in value territory right now? Uh, There are. I think it has to be thought through from the big discussion that's going on between the U.S. and China, and that specifically is globalization versus nationalization. And the fact that over the last several decades, we have been, as the U.S., expanding our supply chain or diversifying our supply chain out to other countries, and China was one of those. And the semiconductor business or industry in general built a lot of plants over there. And to bring that production back, given the concerns around national security, Uh, And the fact that we saw the shortage in chips that we did, mainly because China shut down for so long, there's a major cost coming for the semiconductor. So I think that has to be reviewed and thought through. Well, and I think on that note of globalization versus deglobalization, you know, that's kind of been feeding into our thesis of small caps here going forward. I think on a relative basis that small caps do still look attractive. They are a little more insulated from some of these more macro conditions that span across multiple economies. That's what's fed into kind of our our thesis there. I use the term value earlier, and I think that's going to be another opportunity going into the latter half of this year. You know, last week, Danny was asking, Todd, is it time for value stocks? You know, I think there's never a bad time for value stocks, given the fact that long term value does outperform. And we've seen that, right? There's data going back multiple decades that points to that. I think that this time around, value tends to outperform growth in periods of both rising interest rates and elevated inflation, something that we're seeing play out right now. Value stocks in nature are short duration and have those more immediate cash flows that I just talked about earlier. You know, I want to take that idea and also apply that into the international space. Blaine, I guess question for you, taking that value dynamic and then you factor in the idea that international economies are, they tend to be a little more inflation sensitive. 
Do you think that as we go through the second half of this year that international markets might look a little more attractive on a relative basis? I would say yes, but I think that's been the answer for the last decade. And the returns that you've seen from developed international countries has lagged the U.S. So some would say classic value trap. Whether that changes this time around, we'll see. I think removal of uncertainty was one of my bigger opportunities. We have a midterm election year, which will potentially change the direction that our policies take going over the next several years. Just that removal of uncertainty for companies is a huge opportunity that companies are very good at navigating when they have a sense of direction. And right now, not knowing what the outcome is of those elections causes them to hesitate. Hopefully we get some guidance from corporations here going through earnings season because that'll help again remove some uncertainty. For threats, I want to kind of segue into that because that ties into guidance and so forth. Slowdown in production. We've seen the Atlanta Fed survey uh, for manufacturing and the GDP estimates coming out of the Atlanta Fed show potential for a, a negative print for GDP again. On that note, too, we've seen business spending across regions drop as well. I think it's just another sign that we're going to see earnings that are a little more recessionary in nature. A recessionary economic environment is a little more likely. We're seeing regional surveys from the Philadelphia Fed, Kansas City Fed, Dallas Fed, Richmond. We're seeing business spending throttling back. So I, I think to your point, you know, we are seeing that start to play out. And that's all tying back to Danny, what you had asked before about what isn't this what the Fed has been trying to do? And it is. It's just a threat of a matter of how tight can the Fed tighten things before it causes the bad word recession. Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast. Let's roll through our headlines for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. The headline for our strengths, guys. Defensive, quality-oriented companies with healthy balance sheets. So kind of unchanged from what we talked about last week. As well as the labor market. And then a headline for weakness, consumer sentiment. Consumers right now are historically pessimistic on the markets. Pivoting into opportunities, then headline there is going to be value in and of itself, and then also that alleviation of uncertainty. And major threat is the Fed over-tightening and the fear of a recession. Blaine Disrude, Trader, Research Analyst, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. And Trevor Nargis, Investment Management Specialist. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. This is the Annex Wealth Management SWAT Podcast, Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. Annex Wealth Management, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect on those of Annex Wealth Management, LLC. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or a solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risk. Neither Annex Wealth Management, LLC, nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.